Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Living Room Logic. Welcome back. Another episode of Living Room Logic. But this time we're going to be talking about our favourite friends, the dinosaurs who got hit by a giant pebble <laughs> that ended their entire existence. But, you know, that also kind of gave space for the entirety of humanity and everything you love to exist. So, good on that <laughs> But it's really interesting because when I think of dinosaurs, I kind of think of crocodiles on steroids. <laughs> because when I was when I was a wee lad, I loved dinosaurs. I had Lego dinosaur thingies. I had those little weird plastic, really hard plastic dinosaurs as well. Yeah, that were like green and grey and all of this different stuff, right? And I remember seeing Jurassic mm-hmm. Park, which keep in mind I was very very young, and it kind of scared me. And it was like as I got older, <laughs> it went from a horror movie to a scary movie to oh my God, this is like a nature documentary and really informative Mm -hmm. to kind of almost like satire now because you kind of look back and you're like, "Mm, that's not really it, is it? Because I I think of dinosaurs literally like giant alligators and giant geckos. And I think the reason they think about it this way is because they kind of looked at what we have today. They looked at animals today that have similar bone structures and similar things like that and they followed that evolutionary lineage on and they basically got the skeleton involved Mm -hmm. they basically got the skeleton of your t-rex or your bronchosaurus and effectively slapped a skin on it from something we actually know and we're like this is probably what it looks like yeah yeah And I think when you look at things like um, the original Jurassic Park, and as you go up, if you actually watch all of the Jurassic Parks, you can see that they slightly change the way the dinosaurs look over time. Mm. Because it stops being shiny and grey and really bad CGI to slightly better CGI, (laughs) which is, you know, great for technology, but still scientifically iffy. But if you watch the most recent ones, they kind of ruined the dinosaurs for me. Because uh, they kind of have these pathetic feathers hanging off them. <laughs> and <laughs> and you're kind of looking at it like, I'm sorry now, but these dinosaurs are meant to be giant alligators or giant geckos. Mm-hmm. And um, they're kind of dressing them up as if these dinosaurs live in a native tribe. And when they find a feather, they attach it to their forehead as like a symbol of dominance or a symbol of success as a hunter. And you just see it hanging off their arms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry, Aiden, but that's that's not a velociraptor. (laughs) You know, that is not what I understand as dinosaurs. And I'm probably going to deny you ruining my childhood memories of what dinosaurs are. Because the evidence, as Aiden's going to talk us through, is that... Maybe they did have those feathers. And 
The fact that we're only getting this science now is something that I'm going to hold against toy companies from my childhood forever. Mm-hmm. Because I stood on so many of those plastic dinosaurs, Aiden, <laughs> and hurt my foot. If only they had feathers. If they had feathers, think of the injuries that would have been avoided. <laughs> Aiden, set my case for suing these toy companies. Okay. I'm coming after them. Yeah, <laughs> and I think as well, like, I'm the exact same, Andrew. Like, when I was young, uh, Toy Story, that was probably the one of the first dinosaurs I ever saw. Um, and he's a, a T-Rex, and he's, like, green and scaly. And so I also had this preconception from a, my, the youngest age that dinosaurs are like reptiles and weirdly enough actually um as we talk about the feathers and uh feathers are most known to be on birds dinosaurs are actually pretty bird-like and i have liar (laughs) liar don't ruin it um but not all of them it actually becomes very complicated but um, the story kind of started this whole bird-like dinosaur. What the heck's going on here? And bird and dinosaurs having feathers like birds actually started in the late 1800s. A scientist found one of the most beautifully preserved specimens. Again, we will go back to this German word that I like to bring up German words, but it's the same one from a previous episode called Lagerstatten. Um, which is perfectly preserved Um, you need to have the most I guess unfortunate series of events for uh, a animal to become perfectly preserved Uh, first of all there needs to be volcanic activity nearby um, and it needs to be a certain type of volcanic activity where the the ash is not too hot it's really fine, really fine particles, much finer than sand. Really, you're talking mm. silt. Like, you can almost, you know, it's almost okay. soft when you feel it with your hand. It's really difficult to find, you know. We're not used to um, feeling uh, volcanic silt, you know. But w- so it, when there's a volcanic eruption and, and this sort of plume of uh, volcanic cloud falls on something after it's died so they need to just have met their demise unfortunately very fortunately for paleontologists um, but very unfortunately for them in a semi-marine semi-aquatic place maybe a pond maybe a pool um, and then mm. to be overlain by this silt so it's a really weird situation and to be honest, that's why we don't have so many of these beautifully preserved uh, fossils with feathers on them, dinosaurs with feathers, or somewhere uh, evolutionarily just between birds and dinosaurs. That's why there are so few. Um, but this one of the first ones is, is a species called Archaeopteryx. And th- this was actually found, um, as I said, in, in the in the late 1800s. So we actually knew that this existed. We just didn't know where it was. The, the researchers at the time thought it was a bird, of course, because it had lots of feathers on it. But mm-hmm. because with genetic dating um, in the 90s and on into the 2000s, uh, basically the use of computers and evolutionary, evolutionary biology um, with IT with computers with huge data sets that could sift through them using a computer they actually figured out that this archaeopteryx was evolutionarily right in the middle 
between birds and dinosaurs. And nothing really happened right up until the the 80s, but still from from it being found a hundred years before, it, it's crazy how nothing happened for a hundred years in terms of our our perception mm-hmm. of dinosaurs. And even in the 2000s and in the 90s, we got Jurassic Park. And this is right in the middle of all of this unfolding. And so it was really interesting. But unfortunately, Steven Spielberg just got it wrong. But he still made damn good (laughs) movie series. And it's fantastic. And actually, there are a lot of things that he got quite right. One example was the the T-Rex. And Mm -hmm. the T-Rex is actually quite close in its evolution to um, Velociraptors. Um, And although they're called theropods. And birds are also theropods, so they're very quite close in their evolutionary um, similar similarity. But T. Rexes have scales on them, and they don't really have a lot of evidence that they have feathers. Whereas they have lots of evidence now that Velociraptors definitely did have feathers, and so they don't actually have direct evidence of beautifully preserved feathers. But they have they found that. Um, Birds have this weird wrist um, where they're able to pull it back right behind their their ulna. And that means the ulna is on the, the outer side of oh, your, right of your arm. And that means that they can put, yeah, so they can put their wings away, fully extend it, like, you know, 180 degrees back oh, cool. uh, and, and have it vertically back. And so that makes sense to put your yeah. your big, long feathers away yeah. <laughs> when you're when yeah, you're running. So they actually find in pretty much all Velociraptor um, specimens, they have this thing called a, it's called a quill center. And so it is exactly where feathers would have been placed in. And so although they didn't preserve. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, that's how they found that out. They know that in all modern birds, that this this structure on the wrist is, is has only one purpose, and that's, to place feathers in um and so if you think of velociraptors they have is, is that is that on the bone yeah it's it's a structure in the bone so that's how they're able to to kind of go away from this scaly velociraptor Ooh. i mean there's there is one thing that jurassic park got quite wrong to do with velociraptors in uh, particular they were not that large they were like i don't know like uh 50 centimeters tall so they 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 were quite small they may be the size of a turkey uh, so a lot smaller yeah, you I know this before but how depressing i know i know but they still like they yeah. were still a how do you get that wrong yeah i <laughs> guess i i guess like, they did they not they, have a full skeleton and they were like maybe we've only found the young ones yeah they exactly were bigger than well these. <laughs> no i actually think it was a a hollywood decision you know to make them big and bad because oh. they were, you know, they actually in the movie they have these small dinosaurs as well, and so that that a couple of people yeah, do get yeah. killed by the smaller ones, and so that's what they would kind of be more like. But you know, they would have had plumage; they would have been feathery, gotcha. dark, dark down, down, and 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 long kind of feathers coming d- draping down from their their claws and their arms. Yeah, yeah. And although Velociraptors, we really don't think that they use these for flight. They could definitely have used them to help them move through the air in terms of running at high speeds mm-hmm. and maneuvering, and it helps. It would probably help them with traversing quickly, and so 
Gotcha. You know, you don't need feathers for this, but um, because just like the T-Rex, we kind of figure out that these were quite active animals, especially because um, at the start of, as you said, when they were lumbering crocodiles or uh, they were, they that's what we thought they were. Crocodiles and alligators have their arms splayed out on the sides of their body and their belly drags on the ground and that's just to help use less energy they can just basically drag themselves along um at a a pace whatever (laughs) pace they want usually quite slow ah yes the slug model (laughs) the slug model exactly (laughs) the height of evolution i hope we i i think with obesity rates we're slowly going back Uh (laughs) yeah exactly um so yeah but what's cool about of course we actually thought uh, the earliest t-rex fossils we didn't know where the legs went because they weren't never attached to the the vertebrae to the to the spine in the ribcage. So f- until we got got a better fossil of the legs being directly underneath the body, bipedal, only two legs, mm. we realized, wow, they're they must be quite active, and they must need a lot of energy, and they must be quite high energy, and this is the idea of. Um, cold-blooded versus warm-blooded and this is a big debate um going back to crocodiles and alligators um, they are cold-blooded animals they require external sources to stay warm that's why they bait when you see them sunbathing on rivers and stuff and they just look like they're chilling because they are they need it in yeah. the morning they need to for, for pretty much a, a quarter or half of every single day they just they're just taking in heat whereas we ma- like mammals and birds are endotherms so we actually use the metabolism in our body and the insulation of our skin and fat to insulate all the heat that's made. Um, and, and that works yeah. really well for kind of more active animals. Do you know what I mean? So the, I do, I do. the idea that if dinosaurs or at least um, this group of dinosaurs, meat-eating dinosaurs called theropods, um, them having feathers means oh well maybe they're they're not fully cold-blooded and maybe they're actually warm-blooded and the debate is is Mm. it's still ongoing because they share traits of both reptiles and mammals and birds and they're 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 somewhere in between and you actually have to think of dinosaurs as this huge lineage as well because this whole time I've just been talking about a small group of dinosaurs called theropods. There are actually a a whole other side of dinosaurs called um, bird-hipped dinosaurs. It's kind of ironic that the bird-hipped dinosaurs didn't evolve into birds. (laughs) They're actually, the the dinosaurs that evolved into birds are actually called lizard-hipped dinosaurs. So whoever made that mistake they they made a boo boo okay i know it's kind of weird but there's actually a, a one branch yeah yeah one branch away from these theropods these meat eating ones t-rex velociraptors and going off birds the other branch yeah. is are these dudes called diplodocus and other things they're called sauropods they're the big plant eating dinosaurs you know when in jurassic park you see those big lumbering kind of peaceful animals that are just huge and and they eat vegetation, well, they didn't yeah. have feathers. So they were fully scaled. 
And so, so it is so crazy. It, it's it's strange because you would think that they would have feathers, and then that that confuses. Well, where did the the feathers evolve? Well, because they don't have them. Well, it probably evolved later on at near the theropods, um, the meat-eating yeah. dinosaurs like T. Rex and Velociraptor. But T. Rex don't really have much evidence for feathers. So. There's about a third of these guys who don't have feathers, and the other two thirds of the di- those dinosaurs do. And that that other group, the bird-hipped dinosaurs, I'll give you some examples of those things like Triceratops. You know those cool ones with the horns? They yeah. look badass. They're they're really cool. And um, other they're like duck-billed uh, dinosaurs. I, I if you could imagine that they kind of have a large duck bill like a platypus, and then the back of their yeah. head comes out like that. Um, and the Stegosaurus, you know the one with the big spiked tail, and it kind of has a big armored body and spines, big spiny scales up its back. Mm-hmm. They're all in that group, and there's not a lot of evidence for them having feathers, except for. <laughs> There is a type of horned dinosaur, the the Triceratops, who the specimen had really long, plumy feathers on its tail, kind of like what? kind of like a peacock. And, and if you could think, it's kind of like an you would think it's an ornamental thing. That's what peacocks use their big, beautiful feathers for, is as a a mating in as part of a, a mating ritual, and so. You know, yeah. these long, they're called long filamentous feathers. And so if you get that in these triceratops, then did they evolve those themselves, like again on their own? Or or it, did the evolution of feathers happen way before? Oh, and geez. so that is the question right now in modern paleontology. So could it kind of be like a um, converging evolution? That yes. maybe feathers were kind of beneficial and maybe two different lineages, one with feathers, but maybe they started getting feathers in another one because it was proving to be useful. Is that about right? The the first idea is that feathers are an ancestral trait, a, a deep cool. ancestral trait that the dinosaur, depending on what your niche is, as in what your what your purpose in the ecosystem is feathers you can kind of turn on the gene for feathers or turn it off using natural selection survival of the fittest based on whether it was useful or not and you could turn it off if it wasn't useful um by turning off i mean that it it evolves out of the species rather than evolving in and so that's one side of the coin. That's what half of paleontologists think. And then the other half think of this other thing that it's very possible that you can evolve feathers several times in this very large evolutionary tree. Because you have yeah. to think of dinosaurs. We think of dinosaurs as being very similar. But triceratops are, and birds or or a triceratops and a T-Rex are very different say as different course, as yeah, yeah, us yeah. to a crocodile so um yeah that's cool there's this huge diversity and uh the idea that triceratops or not triceratops but one of the horned dinosaurs evolved it themselves again um on their own is also yeah. 
supported by the fact that going even further back away from uh, before dinosaurs, there were these things called ornithodirons, and they include the pterosaurs. And pterosaurs are those big cool. gliding bird-looking dinosaurs, but they're actually not dinosaurs, yeah. which is the funny thing. They they evolved before dinosaurs, but they oh, that's so cool. yeah, but they they did exist also during the time of dinosaurs in the Triassic and the Jurassic. Gotcha. And the Cretaceous. And then they yeah. died when that pebble hit Earth. Uh, unfortunately. Of course. Um, but the f- weirdest thing is that pterosaurs also have a type of feather called picofilaments, which are pico is just a, a scale. Um, there's micro, nano, pico, and pico is the smallest. Um, and yeah. it's almost like a fuzz. It's like a. The, Later on, they call it a dino fuzz in some of the dinosaur species, but this is like a taro fuzz. And so they also had this type of <laughs> filament that isn't a mammalian hair. It's something else. Yeah. So it's it's a feather, right? Which is yeah. quite interesting. So the kind of conclusion of this is that researchers, paleontologists are still figuring out did it evolve once very a long time ago in the past? Did feathers evolve? And the dinosaurs can turn it on or off mm. those genes depending on whether they're beneficial or not. And that it is still okay. within their genome that many species down the line might turn on again if it is again beneficial. For sure. Um, or that they just evolve it homologously at, at, a, at a different time they, they do it because there is one more example I have for why that might make sense um, as well that they they all evolved it slightly differently and in, in different ways yeah, think yeah. of mammals there are several mammals who have evolved at different times convergently uh, spikes okay. and scales and hard parts things like pangolins uh, which people don't like anymore because because oh. <laughs> of coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other things called echidnas, and they have this like hard uh, kind of exterior that's almost like a, a large scale on their back. Yeah. And porcupines and hedgehogs, they have really hard spiky scales. True. Um, hairs, sorry. And they all evolved these on their own. They didn't acquire them as an ancestral trait. What about things like dolphins and sharks mm-hmm. so it, it, would this be like a similar thing going on because dolphins are mammals yeah but sh- sharks are ancient sharks sharks never left the ocean in their evolution yeah but if a dolphin is a mammal that kind of indicates that it, at one point in its evolution it was it moved from the sea onto land and then moved back into the sea and kind of convergently evolved to have things like fins and t- and wide tails and you know things like yeah, that. Yeah, no, and you're and- absolutely right. That's yeah, okay. exactly what happened. And it's the strangest thing. It's the strangest thing about evolution and it's what's so f- interesting about evolution is the fact that your ancestors could be land mammals and you can go back now, comparing dolphins to sharks, they have a very different way of living in the marine environment because sharks yeah. use gills and dolphins use lungs. So it's very different yeah. in the way they they breathe and take in oxygen and respire. So yeah, they are very different. Of course. But yeah, 
they, there's 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 several ways of doing the same thing as what you're saying. That's really cool. And I, I actually just want to show you something uh, just because I found it whilst you were talking and I think it's awesome. OK, cool. Uh, someone on the 21st of December 2021 found a fossilized egg mm. of a o- oviraptor who is one of in the family of dinosaurs that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, theropods. Theropods. And they were kind of showing that these dinosaurs are quite, you know, they blur that line between birdie or dinosaur. They're kind of right in that middle point. Yeah. But being able to find an evolved oviraptor in the embryo, they could actually compare the fetal position of it to that of modern chickens. Oh my God, sh- that's that's amazing. Yeah. To show the comparison and to show that they developed within the egg in a similar way and i just thought that was absolutely crazy and again (laughs) we're talking here ancestral trait so many animals have things that evolved in the past that maybe we don't use i mean we have a tailbone there is no point of (laughs) us having a tailbone but we do because our ancestors had tails um very 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 long ago before humans evolved that's really nice that you said that because it it rounds this out very much that it's okay to think of a lot of dinosaurs having very bird-like features or having very bird-like behaviors and that's maybe one of the most important Mm. things from finding all this out you might say, oh, this is kind of boring that, okay, they have feathers, they look stupid. Um, but not only do they have feathers, but they might actually share behavioral traits. Things like birds almost always take care of their young um, and, and until they can fend for themselves. And so that's one big thing. So they take care yeah, of yeah. their hatchlings. Um, they're very social creatures. They... Ha- um, there's colonial species of birds like penguins that have these huge intricate colonies and societies so think of dinosaurs having similar colonies and societies it's very cool but and and then think of the t-rex or the velociraptor as as a a caring mother who okay will rip a dinosaur's head off and eat it but it will bring that back to its (laughs) cute little fluffy kids that it needs to protect and care for and um socially <laughs> develop into their own you know black-eyed killers That's you know so funny i feel like modern mothers have done more for less <laughs> <laughs> you see david attenborough documentaries about lions and tigers and the the lone mother or maybe the the troop for lions the tribe the way that they take care of their young and they take care of their family and so no longer are paleontologists thinking of dinosaurs as these stupid kind of lumbering lizards. They're really thinking of them more like these quite intelligent, uh, behavioral, wacky species. The, the, the thing I'll, I'll leave us on is researchers found a really weird set of footprints and the yeah. only way that they could reconstruct it was that this dinosaur, this theropod with feathers, uh, was doing some sort of dance. And so it was clearly awesome. doing maybe a mate. Because, you know, birds have very, birds of paradise have extremely intricate 
mating dances and mating rituals and they'll not only will they dance but they'll completely almost set up a stage a, a little area of the forest floor they'll make sure there's not a single brown leaf they're all green they're beautiful their stage looks gorgeous and they'll do this intricate dance for for a female and so you would yeah. imagine that that might have happened for a lot of species as well um as this term that we actually talked about before sexual selection instead of natural selection may have also paid, yeah, yeah. played quite a dominant role in some dinosaurs that's so cool man i'm you know i'm um still disproportionately upset about jurassic park but <laughs> it's really really cool it, it is cool though it's like i i think the whole idea of converging evolution and trying to track the way it moved and the way things moved in between niches was really really cool so Thanks for going through that. Really, really cool. No bother, man. Oh, I love dinosaurs. Steven Spielberg, get it right next time. On that note, good luck. This is the end of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time. If you're feeling generous and you're not completely skinned, why don't you give us some of your money? Join our Patreon Join our Patreon Join our Patreon Join our Patreon Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.